0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. I'm Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm catching up with my friends, Carla and Robert, because they are starting a podcast. So we're gonna kind of go through a bit of a coaching series, and I'm excited to to work with them. And I think maybe if some people have listened to my other podcast, Mile High fi they may be familiar with you, but we don't know if they've listened. So we're gonna have to get to know you a little bit here. Carl and Robert, uh, how's it going today? And can you give a little bit of an intro about yourselves and who you are?
1: We are both doing great today. Um, We are a married couple living in Longmont, Colorado, and I am a lawyer, kind of semi-retired these days.
2: And I'm an energy engineer. Yeah. We, uh, we, We love living here in Colorado, getting out to hike and uh talking about things related to personal finance.
1: Yeah, we were both personal finance geeks, I guess you could say, and became mildly obsessed with the concept of financial independence and retiring early, closing in on ten years ago now.
0: Wow. And we met at an event at the Mr. Money Mustache HQ, like randomly. Is it almost two years ago now? Or one? Yeah. Two. Right, read it two years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, and my wife and I had moved to Longmont just a few months before, and then you guys showed up. So we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last uh, couple of years, and I found out that Carla, especially, you were into podcasts. So we, you know, chatted about that several times, and because um, Carl, my co-host on the other show, we we're going to start a, a network, and we thought, hey, we should chat with Carl and Robert and see if they're interested in in working with us. So that's sort of the the topic of today. And right now we're sort of in pre-production and we've kind of been working for a few weeks. So before we get into all of that, can you just briefly talk about the uh, sabbatical that that you guys took? And I know we could talk for like four hours on it. So just the, the high <laughs> level and you know, Carla, you said you're semi-retired now. You do a little bit. Robert, you are working. Sounds like it could be optional, but yeah, let's fill in a couple gaps before we talk about the, uh, the, the new podcast and show.
1: Sure. So I quit my job at a big law firm in early, early 2019, and Robert and I had been planning for a lot of years to do that, to take that step for both of us to quit our jobs, and take off and have a big adventure, do a lot of traveling and um, do a big backpacking trip.
2: Yeah, so we decided in 2019 to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. We both left our jobs and decided to try to walk from Mexico to Canada. Uh, We didn't quite make it all the way there. Injuries interrupted us, but we, we changed our plans, drove up to Alaska, explored a lot of Canada, enjoyed the great outdoors all over the Northwestern part of the United States. And then took a two-month trip to Europe. We hadn't really done any major vacations or travels in all those years before that. And just enjoyed checking out. It was like a dozen different countries all over the place in, in Central and Western Europe. And then moved to Colorado. And uh, I loved my job, missed it so much that I, I wanted to go back. And you wanted to try something different.
1: Yeah, so I'm doing uh, immigration law now with a super, super small firm. Just me and one of their attorney. And our paralegal, and it's just a ton of fun. We take the cases we want to take, help the people we want to help, and really enjoy it.
2: Very cool. So
1: life life is good these days. Very yeah. very good.
2: Uh, we have a you know a house instead of a tent, so a little bit more stability than we did in 2019. <laughs> yeah, things are good. Yeah. And Robert, that's nuts uh, that you
0: like your job. Every time you say it, it sounds <laughs> so it sounds made up.
1: <laughs> it really does i think he's the only person i've ever known who genuinely loves his job
2: Thank great people the work I is fun the customers it's are great. Genuine. i love
0: it yeah you have said you've said it so many times in an engineer too because usually engineers are like ah like some parts are okay but then you know most of it sucks so good for you that's great that you figured it out <laughs> <laughs> i got very lucky very very lucky okay so let's get into the podcast stuff here um I had that like sort of a kernel of an idea for a show. And I, I pitched it to you, Carlo, because you were helping out with some of the production stuff and admin things for Mile Hi-Fi. And I, I think immediately you were like, yes, I'm interested. Let's figure it out. So like why why podcasting? Had you thought about starting a podcast in the past? Why do you have such a strong interest in the audio format?
1: I just absolutely love podcasts. I listen to so many of them and have had you know a bunch of different favorites over the years, and there's always new amazing ones coming out. I don't know what it is about it. It's just so engaging. it feels really personal, like someone is right there in your ear with you and yeah, it just feels like they're so um like connected like you're right there talking to somebody and Yeah, the music and just all the things that people do that make them engaging. I'm a huge, huge fan.
2: I love the fact that the topics they cover are not always the biggest topics that you'd see on network television or that Netflix is going to go produce. Uh, People put together the content they want to put together and if they can find an audience that's interested in that, whether it's large or small, you're there and and, yeah, you do feel a closeness to the people who are putting it out.
1: Yeah, I think that's another great point is the topics are just, you can find a podcast on literally anything, right? So you can take deep dives on random things you're interested in and learn more about like the books you're reading and the authors behind them. and
2: Yeah. And there's a lot of different styles, right? Some people's work is highly produced. Some people's work is raw and unfiltered. It's just kind of fun. You get to uh, back almost a behind the scenes look sometimes at, at how people operate and how they think. Mm-hmm.
0: Did either of you listen to talk radio very much growing up or in the past?
1: I did a little bit. My dad always listened to like talk radio in the morning. And yeah, I think I did sort of have that background as a kid of just always listening to some kind of radio. Also, I hadn't really made this connection before, but my dad is a huge radio fanatic. Like, I don't know. How many radios do you think my parents have in their house?
2: Fifteen. Yeah,
1: well over (laughs) a dozen. (laughs) And he's always wanting to get like another cool new radio. And he likes shortwave radios and like tuning in to be able to listen to stuff coming in from China and all over the world. So
2: that's true. Yeah, that that kind of audio format has always been close to you. For me, I didn't really listen to talk radio much until I started working, and then I would listen to sports talk radio on the way back and forth to work basically every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, that's true. Gotcha. Back when you had a commute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I liked uh, talk radio. I would listen when I was like cutting grass. Um, I had like a little lawn care business when I was a teenager. So yeah, I would listen to the morning talk radio in Atlanta and there were, you know, plenty of stations around there. So I I have always enjoyed it, but I, I didn't really like, you know, put it together or anything like that. And now I have met some friends that are podcasting and they like did uh, you know, radio and communications. Like that's what their degree is which, you know, makes me realize how much I don't know and I'm I was I'm embarrassed to work with them sometimes because they they know exactly what they're supposed to do. So, okay. And a- any favorite shows that you e- either of you are listening to now or any any of them that we should check out? Just curious.
1: Oh, my goodness. I really like all of the NPR podcasts, so This American Life, Planet Money, Um, fresh air. And I listen to uh, Making Sense with Sam Harris, although he can be a little controversial sometimes, but that's also kind of fun.
2: I usually get most of my podcast exposure from Carla, but I do like the Freakonomics family of podcasts as well.
1: Yeah. The History Chicks. um, So many of them. Yeah. You're Wrong About... Yeah, I could go on for a while. But.
0: Okay, and and almost I like the Freakonomics ones too. Um, or I guess I've only listened to the main show. I didn't even know they had others. But so all the ones you're mentioning are, are pretty highly produced, right? Like really, like some of the best of the best. I mean, those those were basically radio people that came over to podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I think well, almost across the board. Some of those are a little more rough, but yeah.
2: They yeah. Want to listen to other things like Backpacker Radio and some other more niche oh. productions that that aren't from people who are, you know, NPR level hosts that have right. taken it to the podcast format. Okay. Yeah, so. but
1: I, I, I yeah, this is something we can talk about. But I think the fact that I I really enjoy those highly produced ones has set me up for like my expectations being really sky high for what is possible. And there's definitely a gap between starting as a complete newbie and getting somewhere like that. So it's it's a process.
0: yep, you read my mind. I think I think Ira Glass even has a quote where it's like your tastes don't match your skill level, and you have to close the gap for that. So, um we're gonna skip ahead a little bit, but we're gonna backtrack. So y- you have actually recorded you said three episodes. Right, mm-hmm. and we'll, yes. we will reveal the the topic of the show soon, but not yet. So, you've recorded three episodes. We were just talking about the technical issues and, and some of the things that pop up along the way that have nothing to do with the content and actually producing good content. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel, uh, knowing what we just said, where your tastes are really high, your skill skill level is basically a beginner. So. How are those episodes? How do you rate them at this point?
1: Uh, I would like to redo all three of them.
2: (laughs) Every time Carla in the middle is like, should we just start over? This isn't good. This is terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is definitely taking me a while to adjust to the fact that I am not Ira Glass. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, I think it's, we all have this problem of like you see something That someone is doing so well and they're so good at it that they make it seem easy, right? Which is such a rookie mistake to fall for that impression. I mean, I should know better at my age having, you know, life experience. But yeah, it is still something that I'm struggling with about, you know, we can improve it. We can make edits. We can make it better. But also, we are not NPR hosts and it's going to take us a long time to get to that level if ever. So it's a struggle. It's definitely a struggle.
2: But we're making our way through it. I, I, there are they're little pieces of each episode that I think, oh, that's really good. We had some clever banter. You know, we, we made a good point. It was tight. It was really good. We just have to find a way to increase the frequency of that and decrease the frequencies of the... Um, yeah, so, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah. Long transitions. I'm the
2: transition no
0: value. Yeah. It's tough. Well, if hey. you're going to be on my network, you need to get your shit together a little faster. So. <laughs> it's it's, really, we're working
1: on it. <laughs> it's coming along. It really is. And I think every time we do it, we get a little bit better. And every time we do it, we think of things where we can say, this is something we need to work on. Let's do this a little bit better. Let's plan a little bit more. So there, Slowly but surely coming together. I actually think our first one was a little better than our second one. So maybe we're trending in the wrong direction, but.
2: I think the topic we choose heavily influences the quality of what we're putting out. And so if we've chosen poorly on what we're going to do an episode on, our content just suffers a little bit and it creates lags in what we're saying. It The connection is worse. It just, it decreases the quality of, of everything. Yeah, yep, so that sounds we've learned it. a little bit about being really choosy about what we're going to do an episode on, especially as we're getting our you know our feet underneath us and trying to figure out what our voice sounds like.
1: We we want to be things that we're really engaged with and excited about shows that we really like. Sorry, yeah, so,
2: yeah. <laughs> so
0: before I started this podcast, the Doug Show, Elizabeth, my wife, and I did a show, and there's nothing. I don't know if I've I've set you guys up, right? I knew what was going to happen, right? It's like, hey, here's a new thing you don't know how to do. Here's some technology problems. So we had all the same stuff. Like, how do you get two mics to work on the laptop? And, you know, we're not going to go deep into setting up aggregate devices and stuff, but everything that you were talking about, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I had to go through that. So there's like these little pieces that get in the way that are unrelated to like the the thing you're trying to produce, but you have to figure that out. And the good news is I, you know, we worked through it and now like everything's very easy to set up and, and you guys have been down here and it was probably straightforward, right? It was just, I hit record. Everything was pretty good, like no major issues. So you'll get there. It takes, you know, couple years or something. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, it's, faster, but, yeah, it's faster yeah. than that. Um, okay. So let's start talking about the specifics of the show. So um, you can mention the name here if you want to, you can, I don't know if it's still in flux, but you can mention the name and the tagline in, in the elevator pitch for the show.
1: So we are working on the pennies and popcorn show. I think we're pretty set on that name. And it is the show about real money lessons from the world of TV and movies.
2: Yeah, that's that's a quick overview. Yeah, we, we basically, each episode will pick some show, some movie, some sort of uh, media content that we like. and Or maybe we don't like, we don't necessarily have to like it. And just diagnose it, talk about it, rip on the characters, pat them on the back for their good money decisions. And just kind of talk about what's something relatable from what we all saw on the screen
0: thanks to ezoic for sponsoring this episode especially their new product leap leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals it was built for publishers and in fact it's free to people that monetize with ezoic And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic Edge technology. And basically Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. You can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost. So you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize, to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies. But basically, you can just use Leap. And generally, and this is the stats that Ezoic cites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they're using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. So where did you get the idea for the show?
1: So you and I had talked about one idea for a show. And I think I was just noodling on it and thinking, "Ah, maybe something just more fun we could put together. So that's a better fit
2: for our personalities.
1: Yeah. And I was literally just in bed late one night thinking, you know, come on, brain, you can come up with something. What could we do that would be fun? And we had just recently watched the show Squid Game which has a lot to do with money. And obviously we you know, wanted to create some kind of podcast in the money vein. So we, or I just thought like, you know, the light bulb went on. We love TV, we love movies, we love money. <laughs> Who doesn't love money? We love personal finance. Um, we should do a podcast about all those things and learn money lessons through the characters that we see on TV and in movies.
2: Yeah. You woke up the next morning and you were like, I have an idea. I think it's great. And I was hooked. I thought it was a good concept and you circulated it around to a few folks and pretty much everybody said that could be fun if you do it well. That's the big question mark. Can we do it well?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when you pitched the idea to me, I thought it was great. And I let, I mean, I think we started moving forward and when I let Carl know, he was like, yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, each of us had a few ideas. So can you like walk us through like how you thought an episode might go? And you don't have to refer to the first few that you've recorded since you know they they can be better. But yeah, how do you envision it to be?
1: So we are pulling a few clips from every TV episode or movie. And just talking about the interesting things that are going on with the characters. What have they done well with their money decisions? What have they not done? Well, what are, you know, kind of some real world facts about what would happen to a real person in this situation?
2: Yeah, I'd say the show format is just the two of us talking. we will occasionally have some guests on and we, we just start talking about the show. We, we get a little geeky and nerdy, talk about some fun facts about the show, occasionally quiz each other with little trivia questions, uh, pull in video and audio clips from the program and sometimes talk really deeply about exactly what was covered in those clips. And sometimes we talk a little bit more broadly about financial topics that they loosely allude to, or that you know, as the plot progresses. So it's, it's little brief clips from the shows, which was an interesting technical hurdle for us to figure out how to <laughs> yeah. get into the program. Um, but yeah, just a lot of us breaking it down. And can you give an
0: example of, or even mention some of the shows and movies that you're thinking of covering?
1: So thus far, we have covered some SNL skits, Saturday Night Live, um, an episode of Gilmore Girls, which has so much great money content. And,
2: and we did Slumdog, Slumdog. Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also working on one on the movie 21, uh, the blackjack card counting movie with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Kevin Spacey,
1: Jim Sturgis and Kate Bosworth yeah. and Josh Gad. Yeah.
2: So we're uh, for that one. We're traveling here in the next couple weeks and we'll be visiting a friend who is a big Vegas enthusiast. Uh, and he has a lot of interesting perspectives and we're hoping to kind of invite him on and be a little bit of a guest, and do some interviewing. It'll be interesting to see how we build, and, you know, weave that into our typical show format that thus far has just been the two of us doing it.
1: Yeah, we plan to have a brief guest appearance from my mom on the Gilmore Girls episode because it's all about mother-daughter relationships. And so just a short little cameo from, from mom. will be fun.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to see if we think that really spices up the show or if it just becomes a production nightmare that's really difficult to do effectively in, you know, a reasonable time frame. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see after trying a few different things in a few different episodes, what sets us up for the flavor that we like.
1: Yeah, but we, we have lots of other shows in mind that we want to cover. It's virtually endless Because money is woven into so many different TV shows and movies and books. And we might even do some songs. So there's just an endless supply. We know we want to do some Sex and the City episodes. There's a lot of great money content there.
2: You name it. It's got money in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why your idea was so much better than the one I had, which I'll, I'll tell people because there's other shows like it. So basically, I know there's a a podcast, actually my friend hosted, it's Optimal Finance Daily. There's a whole network, Optimal Whatever Daily, and they just read blog posts. So I thought, oh, that's a really easy way to add another show without having a lot more like creative input to come up with a content. And that network seems to do really, really well. There's a natural sort of like shareability about it. And at best, right, it would, our show would just be derivative on another show that is just saying someone else's ideas in a different format, which is really not original at all. Now, the funny thing is, right when you know you pitched the idea, Carlisle was like, all right, this is great. This is much better. Um, bigger pockets. I didn't, I don't listen to all the bigger pocket shows. I just cherry pick every now and then bigger pockets has a show where they just, they just added a show where they read other blog posts. Did you know that? Oh,
1: I did not know that. No.
0: So they have a different, um, I mean, they have a huge built-in audience. So even if they just have like a trickle of people that listen to the other show, they can still like make good money on it and it's worth their effort we don't have that kind of critical mass at like at all. Um, But uh, it validated the idea as like an easy little piece that they could just throw in. So yeah. And it was literally like that week, like when I found out about it. So everything. That's wild. Yeah. Fit together. Um, Well, since you have done a couple shows and you're thinking about experimenting, which I think is great, it will certainly add some of the uh, technical hurdles, but it's good to to figure those out. Um, what has gone differently than you expected so far, positive and negative?
2: The simple IT side of things has been so much harder than I expected. So neither of us have ever done any filming or editing of audio or video we haven't had that as a hobby at all even in the slightest so we had to overcome a whole bunch of hurdles not knowing what hardware we needed not knowing what software we needed not knowing when things weren't working whether it was because we had a mismatch of tools that weren't really designed to work very well together or if it was because we were simply incompetent and couldn't configure them correctly you know we've we've both lived in you know big offices with a corporate IT structure with lots of peers who have undergone similar problems. And we can always use that in our day-to-day work to say, hey, is this working for you? Am I doing something wrong? What's the situation here? And in this model, we're starting our own thing, right? We've asked you a bunch of questions. You've certainly helped us out a ton. We don't want to bother you with every little detail we have. And it's just a large learning curve that maybe I thought would be easier uh, to to do exactly what we wanted. There are just so many little things. We had a a piece of software that came with the camera we got that we couldn't get to work at all on the computer. Sure enough, the software isn't compatible with this particular model of computer that it's a known defect, but it's not advertised. So we had to find an alternative pathway all kinds of little (laughs) things like that have caused us issues. And I would say just about every time we've tried to record at this point, We've had, you know, 20, 30 minutes of why isn't this thing working the way that it should?
1: Yeah. And we actually had planned to record one night and weren't able to because we spent about three hours just wrestling with the machines. But yeah, Robert's right. Like we were so lucky we worked at these big jobs where we had entire departments of people who are dedicated to IT. And I was so heavily reliant on those folks for Literally everything technology related. so, yeah, having to do everything on our own and has been a definite learning curve. and then we are still not over it. But it's kind of fun sometimes. And yeah,
2: we're learning new skills, and that's always interesting, and it's something we'll have with us. Uh, if, if our show is a total bomb and no one cares and no one's interested and we we decide to put it away, well, we we know how to do this for the next idea that we have that we want to try to put something together with. Right. And technically,
0: you know, I should have been able to help you more with some of the technology stuff, but like you were saying, the specific laptop that you like, those little things matter. And uh, Yeah. I think this, lots of, that generally happens.
2: Yeah. Lots of little wrinkles. Yeah. There, there's just so many small little things that we're doing slightly different. And we gotta figure out how to make it work with the tools that we have available or decide, should we get some different tools? Right. And one one funny thing, just once you get
0: the, the technology working, like we still had like that first podcast that Elizabeth and I did, I actually um didn't have enough microphone stands. So I got like zip ties and like zip tied the microphone to like some random little structure. I, I can't even remember. So, you know, now down in the studio, like things are set up. I don't move anything like the cables are locked into a specific spot. So um, it's much, much easier once you have everything laid out and you don't have to worry about it.
2: Yeah, that was a hurdle we had too. We initially had a spot that we thought would be a perfect permanent studio for us. We kind of looked at it, started working there and decided it wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right space. And so we had a backup option that we thought about and uh, it didn't work either. And so we're in like our third spot right now. And I don't know if you can hear it. Our dog just came in and out of the doggy door. It is definitely not a perfect space. Um and, and so we're we're still trying to figure out exactly where we want to have our recording <laughs> sessions and have everything set up in a permanent, easy to use, repeatable space that we can come in and record and not fight the the tech battles every time. Right, right. And what room are you guys in? I'm trying to place
0: it.
1: We are in Robert's office right now.
2: Yeah. So okay. uh, normally I work like that direction, facing the window, and we have some bookshelves in the corner. We're like, uh, oh, this is a fine backdrop behind us. We'll move a desk over here and if you if you walk down the hallway and look into my office space you think well that's a peculiar design choice but (laughs) multifunctional for the moment yeah that's what my
0: office was upstairs it was like the worst layout for like functioning in the room but the best for like working in video and stuff like that so the, the basement's much easier for me to deal with um okay so some, some positive things, some negative things. Hopefully, I mean, once you solve the problems, like, hopefully you won't have to continue to solve them. And especially when, you, when you're setting up. I'm just thinking back because I, I did the exact same stuff. You're like, all right, we're going to do this. And then it's like 45 minutes of frustration. You're like, now you have to sound like you're not pissed off. For <laughs> right? <for a> while. <laughs> tough.
2: So, okay. We- Go ahead. I was going to say, we've also had lots of fun with putting together the content. I think that's been an interesting challenge for us, right? We've had these you know pre-production meetings where we get together and say, this is what we're going to cover in these little segments. And sometimes we have like way more material that we want to get to than we could realistically do in an acceptable amount of time. And so it's this is awkward, like, should we move on from this topic? Should we stick around? And look, there's no producer in our ear saying, all right, now you got 30 seconds left, uh, move on or you know stick with it it's great and then the other thing is we have ideas that we're going to talk about where basically we we really don't have that much interesting to say (coughs) And we don't realize it till we're in the middle of the show. (laughs) And then it gets really awkward. And we're like, well, do we, how do we move on from this? Or do we just keep rambling about some topic for a whole bunch of time? Do we need to have like the clips spaced out? What what are we going to do here? So there's, we're still finding our feet, I think, on a lot of things.
1: No doubt.
0: And I, I think you guys probably have a couple questions for me, right?
1: Yeah,
0: we do. Okay. So before we move on to that, I will mention one thing I was chatting with. I met someone at uh, Economy, and she has a a huge podcast, um, one of the most well-known. I was like, oh, I've never (laughs) listened to your show. And uh, she she was great. I got to hang out with her a lot. And I said I was going to check out her show. And I think she said, don't even listen to like the first hundred of them. Oh my gosh. So, and she, I mean, she's awesome now. I listened to a couple of the episodes and I'll, um, well, I'll tell you guys who it is when we finish up, but yeah, the, um, the fact is it's, you know, you got to get your reps in and you know, it it just, it takes a while. There's no, there's no real shortcut. So, uh, you'll get there. You'll be fine. I sure hope so. Yeah. All right. What are your questions?
1: So, I guess my biggest question for you is about marketing this thing, right? We're putting so much time in and we care so much about it and we we think it's a really fun topic and that folks will be interested, especially once we, you know, get better and iron out the wrinkles, but I guess that's my biggest question is what marketing tips do you have for us in terms of just making sure that all this doesn't just get listened to by our parents and the (laughs) list stuff's there.
0: Well, probably the the biggest like leg up that other people won't be able to do is like you're part of the network. (laughs) So like Carl and I can let other people know to, to chat with, with you guys. So, you know, part of that could be, you know, on blog posts, they'll maybe they'll mention it on their blog and then people might check it out. But I think the, you know the single best thing is going on another podcast because the that's the audience right you already know they listen to podcasts and that's key right if you if you were able to be on some big youtubers channel that may not help as much because they the audience may not be podcast listeners and that's that's what the goal is so that that's kind of that's a big thing and i mean i have a couple podcasts but I'm not like super awesome at marketing them because you I haven't cracked it right there's a lot of different strategies and depending on the format it might work well so one and, and maybe you could think about how you could implement this in in your way so one great way to do it is to get in front of other people's audiences so part of it could be podcasts but one one piece of the puzzle that I, I don't even participate in is Facebook groups. So there are some huge Facebook groups out there, but you can't go in and, and say, Hey, listen to my new podcast. I'm just launching. You have to figure out a way sideways and, and, and maybe not really trick people because everyone will get something out of it. But one of the greatest ways is to have an admin or someone who's in charge of a Facebook group on your show because they will want to share it in the Facebook group. They're usually, you know, liked and, you know, followed and people pay attention when the admin or owner of that group mentions or shares something. So if you could trick them to be on your show in some capacity, then they'll probably share it in their group. So does that help?
1: Yeah, it does help. And I think that's a great idea. And I think one of the fun things about the topic that we're doing is everyone, virtually everyone watches TV and movies, right? So if we have, if we want to get somebody on the show, a great way to do that is just, well, what shows do you like? You know, what are you interested in? Because we'd love to have you on to talk about your favorite show. So I think that could be a great hook to get people interested and want to be on the show.
0: Perfect, and I just thought of a couple people who might be good to have on the show. And the other part is, so I don't do much social media generally, but I think one of the great things you'll be able to do is have like the little clips, or it actually even you know video clips. But it could just be a, a picture and, and a meme and a funny caption or something like that, and that'll be really shareable. Now, I I don't know how much it translates into listeners and subscribers and all that but obviously like on social media we see other people share their stuff and I have to imagine it kind of works and it's not an area that I'm interested in like learning or doing or anything like that but again you know thinking about the the network aspect that could be a thing where we have a social media manager who can you know help all of our shows like share things and cut the clips properly and we can sort of figure out the best practice from there. So I'm curious, how, how do you guys find new shows?
1: That is a great question. I, so I mostly use Stitcher to listen to podcasts and I use their discover feature, um, which is basically just lets you browse the shows that they recommend to you through, I'm sure their own algorithm. Um, and you can browse by topic. So that's other than word of mouth from people recommending things, that's mostly how I find new shows.
2: I have a Carla. That's
0: what yeah. I use. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I think, I mean, it is word of mouth, like primarily word of mouth, I think. And you have to hear it a few times. Um, and then the other thing, which will probably, I'll, I'll try to get um, both of you roped into going to some of the conferences. So I just started to go to some of these, but they're cool to go to. You guys could probably speak in some capacity and talk about your story, which people are interested in and then say, Oh, we, you know, we got this show and it's a funny concept. Like people will want to check it out and how long are the shows going to be like,
1: we're aiming for roughly 45 minutes.
0: Okay. So not like super long, like some of the shows that I do. um, So people can check it out without committing you know, two and a half hours, which (laughs) ends up being a little long. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like, you know, clever marketing things. Well, and then the other, you know, portion which I'm I'm learning. I'm not big on Twitter, but in going to a couple of the conferences, like the people that have blogs and podcasts and YouTube channel, they typically are on Twitter. There's like a lot of side discussion going on there. So I'm like slowly starting to have some conversations there. And yeah, it's a really, you know, fast way to get in touch with people um, where they will actually answer back versus, you know, maybe on Instagram, they have like too many followers and too many like random messages in the DM. But on Twitter, you could actually just like ping them and they'll, they'll see it. So yeah,
1: these are all great ideas. I appreciate that.
2: So I had a question for you, Doug, around just trying to decide what's good enough, right? This is a big challenge for us in terms of what was a good enough studio space? What's a good enough uh, set of content to cover? You know, you know, what about from a website? What about from like an introduction and in branding, about, like a logo for the podcast? You know, there's all these little pieces that you have to put together. And it's so hard to know when to stop your creative pursuits Uh, and and have an initial draft that you're ready to go spread out into the world, knowing that you can always edit and revise pieces of it in the future based on the response that you get. I think that's something we're struggling with, too, is sort of knowing when to go. And I think we've taken the approach so far that we're total novices, especially on the recording side of things, and should just get going. Right? We, We need to put in the hours, like you said. We need to spend some time in front of the microphone, trying some different strategies, seeing what works. But just in a general sense... How do you know when what you have is good enough to put out? The audio is very important.
0: And I, you know, I'm listening to you now. Like it sounds pretty good. Um, so I think you're, you're good there and everything else I would say, number one, I'm, I'm kind of a bad person to ask. Cause I'm, I'm like, just ship it, get it out the door and um, you could fix it later or just have that in your past of like bad work that you've done. So, I, I just get it out the door. And I mean, a lot of us are perfectionist or we had that in our past or whatever. And I think I was like, maybe a little bit, but I've definitely let go of like any of that. And, you know, there's mistakes out there, like on my blog, there's misspelled words, there's things I should have fixed a long time ago. And the <laughs> the more you do it, the more you ignore the imperfection, uh, you could just move on. And I'm like, ah, I, I probably should fix that. And then everything's been fine so far. So I just leave it broken over there. So the more you do it, you, you you will get over it. And like, I mean, you already mentioned putting the reps in and you'll, you'll get to a spot where you're like, okay, this is a pretty good threshold. I can't believe we shipped that work. You you can't always go back and, you know, Carl and I um, have some, you know, of our earlier episodes where I'm like, ah, you know what? I may actually go back and sort of like, fix up a couple of things in the first like 10 episodes or something like that, but it's not a huge deal. And people have given us some feedback and I've made, you know, some technical mistakes here and there. And, um, like I said, everything ends up being okay. So yeah, just ship stuff out. Even if, if you're like, ah, I'm embarrassed of this. You should be, you you should be like, if you're not embarrassed, then you waited too long. That's a famous quote from someone, but I can't, can't remember. So if you're not embarrassed by the first version, then, you know, you're waiting too long to ship it.
1: Well, that's probably good advice. That's so hard for me to swallow, but I get it.
2: Well, it sounds like our first few episodes are ready.
0: Yeah, you'll have to send them over. I can I can give a listen. So, uh any other questions?
1: Um I guess this is probably a really stupid question, but I know that search engine optimization SEO is like a thing that I am generally aware of but do not understand. And I guess I'm wondering is it necessary or would it be a good idea to try to wade into that and figure it out a little bit before we launch the episodes and the website.
0: Probably not. Luckily I'm an expert in that. Um, the thing you have to remember is for search engine optimization to work, people have to actually be searching for it. So there's probably, I mean, people are not searching for what you're talking about most likely. Um, so you'll be able to get more of like the the viral component which is kind of cool especially you know thinking of the social media aspect where a funny meme could be shared around and people will share funny stuff the other portion is on youtube so youtube is a huge search engine and we are going to do video over there the interesting thing is, again, people are not actually going to search for whatever you're producing. You maybe could have a, a little bit of a ranking with uh, just the name of certain shows or the thing you're covering, but it would it would probably not be a, a big source. However, YouTube jet does suggest videos to people, so there will be some advantage to that, I think. It, but it won't really be like SEO related, it'll be more just the algorithm and the interaction that people have with your video. So long answer to no, don't worry about SEO.
1: I like the sound of that. <laughs> we have enough to worry about just getting our microphones to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It's it's so true. Well, and the thing is, um, you will run across, I think we had a conversation about this, Carlo, where um, people were like, yeah, do a transcript of your podcast, because then you can rank and search. Well, guess what? No one's searching for that stuff. So like, if they accidentally landed on your page, they would look at it and like wonder what kind of nonsense this is. Like the, it makes no sense for what they were looking for. And it could be wrong. I mean, you may figure out something that people are searching for, but I, w- I would be shocked if, if they're like oh, money lessons from, you know, uh, well actually squid game may work, but that's uh, just current events, but it wouldn't be for like in Seinfeld or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing no one's wondering whether or not Rory should have paid the money to go to Chilton for school. And Gilmore Girls, right? <laughs> Was that private school worth it for her to get into Harvard? <laughs> Should the family have made that sacrifice? <laughs> probably, probably not a, a well-searched topic.
1: Yeah, it's a very good point. Well, that's that's a relief to hear. One less thing to stress about. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Any others?
1: I think those are my big questions. Uh, well, I guess sort of a general question. You seem to do a really good job of this, of just cutting out the transition words, ums, uhs, but yeah, so, which is something that we're struggling with. And I guess that kind of goes back to the enough question, but I mean, is that something that you consciously work on all the time or is it just putting in those reps and it gets better and you cut that stuff out?
2: Uh, Doug, I was also going to add, I know you, you I think you've told me you've gone to Toastmasters before to to work on this. Another piece of it is the dynamic with the two of us trying to play off of each other in a way that is compatible, not just managing our own use of transitions and filler words, but with exchanging back and forth, how to take the ball and run with it in a way that's comfortable. That doesn't end with a, yeah, so five seconds of wasted. (laughs) Nobody cares that we agree on this. Let's just move on to the next topic. Right. Well, let me get something off camera real quick. Hold on.
0: So you just need a squirt bottle. I have a squirt (laughs) bottle I'm holding up. And uh, just get someone to spray you whenever you have those filler words. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. I have worked really hard on it. One helpful thing is to listen back to your episodes, and then it'll be really obvious what your filler words are. And then it's just a very painstaking process. I did go to a couple Toastmasters meetings. And I think by then I had cleaned up quite a bit. But listening to yourself is the single best way because it will annoy you. And it's a little bit tough. I mean, it's painful. And you're like, Oh, shit, I say like, way too often, which I don't even think I said it too much. But If you pay attention to even really good speakers, they have their own, you know, filler words in there. You know is
2: another one. I used to say that very often. I I think our filler word is yeah. Like every time we transition from each other, it's just yeah. We we listen to our Slumdog Millionaire, one that we put together, and we're editing it, trying to clean it up. And there were so many times where it was just a pointless yeah coming back from the two of us.
1: It's definitely a problem. And I mean, so... I'm an attorney, right? I used to practice law where I would take depositions pretty regularly. And when you do that, you have a court reporter taking down every single syllable that comes out of your mouth, including the ums and the uhs. And I've seen my words on paper. So I know know just how common it is for people to do that. And I should be better about it, having gone through that experience, but I mean I quit my job in twenty nineteen and now I practice law like in a very relaxed environment and no longer take depositions, so I guess I'm just out of practice, but it's hard to especially like you said, the dynamic between the two of us it's not just me with a monologue that I have thought out in advance.
2: Yeah, this highly produced shows that we like, that we talked about, they always have a, some, a great editing team or just great personalities, both the, the hosts and the guests that they seem to have that they're recording. They never seem to stumble over their words or going back and forth with one another. I just like to tell myself they took like 20 takes to record everything. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> and they might, but I, in talking to a few people
0: over the weekend and listening to their shows, I think some people just got to the point where they have trimmed out a lot of the filler words. And it turns out a pause is much better than filling the space. I think I talk slow anyway, and this makes it even slower. I don't talk that often, so usually people listen when I do. So it's a a bit of a balance, but... I do feel like I talk really slow. And then when I cut out the filler words, people people are probably like, fucking say what you're trying to say, dude. Like, (laughs) hurry up. So, yeah, you'll be fine.
1: It doesn't come across that way. For us, I think we both talk relatively fast. I don't know. Never given it too much well, thought as we, to our pacing. We did an we episode
2: on the Gilmore Girls, so I feel like we speak very slowly. But. <laughs> they talk
1: very, very quickly in that show, <laughs> if your audience hasn't seen it. So we are definitely not a Gilmore Girls level of speed, but we do talk quickly and we are not comfortable with the silences. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to work on.
2: I've gone through some presentation coaching at work before, and certainly when I'm trying to do a big presentation that I've prepared for, I'm comfortable with the pauses. I know that it's okay. I know I should slow down. My message has more impact when I do it that way. But when it's the two of us talking, I don't know if I feel as confident with that. So it's going to take a little bit to make that normal and comfortable and allow us to transition without those Yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's something. uh, I just said it. Uh, (laughs) It is something that you and I both have a lot of experience speaking publicly. I have used to talk at legal conferences in front of really big audiences, and I think I at least got a lot better at cutting out those words. But I think it's just one amount of practice, two, we're in this totally new environment where we're trying to put off a completely different vibe other than like polished professional lawyer. It's difficult. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. This has been really awesome and I'm excited to to have you both back on probably. I'm not Sure, what interval? But maybe quarterly, just to check in, see how it goes, and it'll be fun for you both to go back and watch these and listen to these episodes to hear how far you've come and the things you were struggling with at the very beginning that hopefully you've figured out in you know less than a quarter. So, um, thanks a lot. Uh, where should people uh, find your show or or follow you? We'll, we'll put links if you don't have everything like lined up yet.
1: Yeah, everything is still in the works, but hopefully by the time this episode airs, we will have everything ironed out. But it's going to be penniesandpopcorn.com, and we hope to have lots of social media accounts as well. And hopefully you will be able to find the episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. So,
0: Very cool. Well, thanks a lot for being on, and we'll catch up with you soon.
1: Thanks so much, Doug.
0: Thanks, Doug. Pennies and Popcorn is live. They started publishing right at the end of the year, so there are a few episodes out. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find it, and they have it on YouTube as well. And I thought this was a great approach because they can show clips of the shows and obviously their TV and movies, so the video format lends itself very well. That said, the audio format is pretty good, too, so they they play the clips there as well. and you know, uh, I think probably many of you know there are so many shows now where it's either you know fans talking about re-watching a show and analyzing episodes and stuff like that, or it's actually people from the cast talking about the show that they were in, which is kind of it's very interesting that that. I mean, podcasting has gotten so big that TV and movie stars are like, fuck it. We're going to do a podcast and talk about the glory days of when we were doing The Office or whatever. I mean, there's a couple shows about The Office by people that were in the TV show, The Office. Anyway, if you could check out Pennies and Popcorn, there's a few episodes out. Carl and I were on the episode where we uh, talked about Fight Club, which was really fun. It's one of uh, my favorite movies, and Carl's as well. And we both have, you know, we read the book in the past. So, real, really fun movie. And Carl and actually, we had a little bit of a date night and watched the movie in preparation to record the episode. We had a great time, and I have to say, being a guest on a show in that sort of panel format was a fucking blast. It was way less pressure than having to drive a show and making sure that like the guests feel comfortable and they're able to, you know, tell their story and not interrupt and try to finish in a certain amount of time and all the other aspects of being a host of a show and trying to get the best out of your guest and and letting them tell their story. Carl and I could just, Crack jokes and have maybe like one good point every 15 minutes or so. That's all you need. So it was really fun. And hopefully, you know, we'll be back on the show at other times. So check it out. I mean, the thing is, they do uh, all sorts of different shows. So one of their early episodes was on the Gilmore Girls, which I never watched one episode. I, I don't even know if I've seen like a clip of anything, but as you know, part part of the network, <laughs> I needed to check out the show. And it was interesting. It was interesting to hear about a show that you never watched before. But that said, if you have a look, you may gravitate towards shows that you watched and you're interested in, which makes a lot of sense. And uh, one of the other cool things I thought about promoting their show is the ability to snag a short clip and have a little bit of their commentary as well as the clip from the show. So for example, if they were talking about an SNL sketch which they did in episode 1, they're able to, you know, potentially show the funny part of the clip and then their critique of it or them making fun of it or talking about it in general. So I thought that would be fantastic for social media on the YouTube side. It would be really good for YouTube shorts and just thinking about having tiny clips that help introduce your show to a brand new audience instead of, I mean, the, you know, one of the tough things with podcasting and, you know, growing things that don't have a viral sharing component is it's hard to get in front of different audiences without actually being a guest on it, on another show to literally be in front of other audiences. But with YouTube Shorts or maybe Instagram Reels, you are front and center, right, right out there in front of audiences that might be interested just because, you know, the social media giants have all the data. They know more about you than you know about yourself. It's scary out there. It's getting dark. So let's let's pull up. Let's get out of this spiral and check out Pennies and Popcorn. I'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day out there. And if you, if you enjoyed this episode, it will be a series. I'm not sure how often we'll have them on. I'm not sure if it'll be monthly or more like quarterly. I'm not sure how many you know, things are going to be going on in the podcasting world, so we'll see. Shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. If you have a specific interest in podcasting or hearing more about this case study like more often, so catch you on the next episode.